Welcome to episode number 18 of the Clean Sport Collective podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung. I'll be joined shortly by my co-host, Shannon Burnett, as we interview today's guest, Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet, CrossFit Games athlete and former champion in that sport. We will get to a little longer intro on Camille in just a second, but I first wanted to give a shout out to all of those who ran and finished the New York City Marathon today on what were perfect conditions in New York. And of course, give a shout out to one Desiree Linden, who finished as the top American on the women's side and who was number six overall in that race. And she made the race early on, leading from mile nine to about mile 12 as she helped push the pace and keep that honest. Des is, of course, a clean sport advocate and had a little bit to say about the great shoe debate that we covered on our last episode in the roundtable with Alex Hutchinson, Ryan Hall, and Kara. And she said in her pre-race press conference, it is an arms race, and it should be a foot race. And I think that pretty well captures our perspective on that great shoe debate. We're talking way too much about the shoes when we really should be talking about the athlete versus athlete competitions. And so it was great to hear Des not mince words in her comments about that debate. But congrats to her. We're working on trying to get Des on. Fingers crossed on that. All right, let's turn to our a quick intro of our athlete today. This interview follows episode number eight, where we interviewed Annie Thor's daughter, another CrossFit athlete, Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet, is a seven-time competitor in the CrossFit game. She's won once. She's finished in the top 10 four times, so is clearly a badass in that sport. We're going to get her perspective on the rise of CrossFit and why she got into it originally, as well as how she managed to balance becoming a chemical engineer at the same time competing at the very highest levels in CrossFit. And then she, of course, shares her perspective on clean sport in that sport, which I think applies not just in the CrossFit world, but also across all sports. I think you'll find this one interesting. I know many of you who listen to us may be runners, and you may think, oh, I'm not sure that I know who Camille is or want to listen to a CrossFit athlete talk in an interview. And I would say that as a runner myself who isn't as familiar with this world, I think you'll find this interview fascinating because... You see that while the activity is different, the perspective on becoming your best self and performing at the highest level is very similar. And I think that competitive and hardworking and committed driven ethos that runners might bring to the game is very similar to what you might find in CrossFit. And just so happens that the activity, the actual movement is different. But I think there's a lot of similarities that you'll relate to in Camille's story. So please continue to listen on and let us know what you think about this discussion. Let's welcome Camille to the show. Welcome Camille LeBon Bazinet to the show. Did I get that right? Yeah. Close enough? <laughs> yeah, close enough. That's <laughs> Pronounce it for me just so we have it right. Uh, ugh, that's like a whole thing. <laughs> but uh, in French it's Camille LeBlanc Bazinet. And let's not go in the whole thing where you try to say it. and then I'm, I'm not like, going no, to do that. Because we... That's you you <laughs> so eloquently... Uh, we so can't elo- have a Texan saying French things anyway. Yeah, well, I was <laughs> I was just in France this summer and I learned that, yes, French is not a thing I'll probably ever be good at. 
<laughs> but it is a beautiful name. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. You are a CrossFit athlete who's competed at the highest levels in that sport. But I want to talk about your beginning in sport. Yeah. Where did you start? Um, so I started training in 2009 and made it to the CrossFit game in 2010 and have been to the CrossFit game every single year without a miss up to now. So what did you do before that? What was your, how did you get started in sport before CrossFit? I've always loved sport. Like, um, gymnastic was my main sport growing up and then I play soccer a lot. And I signed up for every single team sport that was in my high school. Um, And I think like now that I'm a lot older, more mature, and I know myself a lot more, I'm just, I'm just this girl that want to play. I just want to play. So any sport, anything I'm in. And uh, I think I love, I fell in love with CrossFit because it touched so many different type of domain where like you get to do gymnastic and feel athletic, but you also get to work on your endurance, speed and strain. So, and the biggest thing is part of that community and being part of all those badass girl and I get to play. And where, where are you from? Obviously you're not from here. So where <laughs> are you from? Uh, I'm a French Canadian from uh, the Quebec uh, region. And how'd you get to the US? Um, I found my best friend and I married him <laughs> and uh, decided to spend the li- my life with him. Nice. So CrossFit Games started in the late 2000s. I think 2008 or 2009 was the first year. Oh, 2007. 2007. Okay. And so you came in and you said 2010 for the first year. Yeah. The early days of CrossFit, obviously now it's very different where you can watch it on ESPN mm-hmm. and... <laughs> There's lots of sponsorship dollars flowing into it. We were just talking about it offline before you came on. But remind us what it was like back then when it was just this new phenomenon. Yeah. um, You know, there's good and bad that comes with the change. But I would say one of the things that that has changed the, the most from the first day is that it was really just for the love and the passion of it. Um, there was no sponsor, no fame, no nothing. Um, and all the girls, we would just like go on the floor, do our best. And we would like really like gen- genuinely like hug each other after a workout. And it wasn't like, oh, we're hugging because that's what CrossFitter do and the cameras on us. Like we were just, I remember for myself, um, my first CrossFit game was the first time of my life that I was surrounded by women that were just like me. And I fell in love with those women like so deeply. They were strong and brave and tough and beautiful. And I just remember telling myself that like I would do anything to keep being part of that amazing group of women. And uh, those were the early days where we would do a workout, kick our shoes off and sit in the middle of the field, like after workout and just talk with each other. It was like, it was pretty amazing. And how is it different now? (laughs) It's not like that anymore. What changed? Um, when, when did it start to change out of curiosity? When did that shift happen? Oh, uh, I would say a, around 2015 when like it became, 
you know, good and bad, right? So a uh, good thing, a lot more coach started to get involved. So now coaches start started to make career out of it. And a lot of people started to make career out of this, like with the athletes. So that also brought like a little bit more egos in, in the field. And, um, and now, you know, went from like the athlete hall, just like kind of all training together just at the really really high level to now uh athlete with coach like strategizing on the side and don't talk to this girl she's going to distract you and this and that and kind of took a little bit of the fun out of it but also i think it's what was needed to make it more of a professional sport maybe or i don't know i've i'm still the exact same girl in 2010 so I really don't know how much of that is necessary or not, or how much people are making this into something that it shouldn't be, or maybe that's what they need to be professional. So I'm like, so I have no idea, but it's just not as like genuine in the back. Um, with most people, there's still like a lot of girls that are very genuine and just still are there just for the love of it. like. I'm one of them, so obviously there, there's still some of those, but stakes are higher too, you know? You like want to do well because all your coach, your husband, like there's so many people that sacrifice um, to help you be where you're at, so I think there's more pressure, and uh, those are, I don't know. I hope I'm answering the question. Well, I think anytime you capitalize on a sport and you saw it at its purest form, you know, into growing to more of a professional sport. I think it always comes with good and bad, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. So, of course. And going from those, like, early purest um, days of CrossFit, what did you love the most about it besides outside of the community? Like, (laughs) I feel like it's such a unique sport that so many people have adapted in some way or another in their lives. Yeah, I, to be honest, like one of the thing uh, from the the beginning that i loved the most <laughs> was that everyone oh man everyone would just go so hard like it was so hard in the workout where it was like stupid right it's not how you you won but <laughs> there's like this video of jason kalipa doing a workout and he like hits such a wall and he's like trying to keep doing the rep and it just keep failing and failing and failing but he just went so hard and it's like spectacular how back in the day you know you would be oh you're gonna do this 30 minute workout and you start with like you know for example an 800 meter run and we're like PRing or 800 meter and everyone who has run 800 you know that like you're done after that and we would just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like people would be like puking left and right after workout and things like that and it was fantastic like I love that so much and I mean we became smarter so now we know how to pace better which I think l- made us lose a little bit of that magic but that's what you need to again become a professional and like learn more and but it, hilarious <laughs> yeah it was fantastic <laughs> so what was it like winning in 2014 you won yeah I did it's a big deal yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that always has seemed to be more of a big deal for other people than myself which is so strange um are you competitive 
well obviously i am but i am mostly competitive with myself and i want really want to know what i'm made of and that's what brought me in that sport because every day you're challenged every day you're humbled by a workout like you can never think that you're too good because there's this girl behind you that's working a little harder a little smarter and um and that I think that's the beauty of sport in general. It's like as soon as you think that that you're better than someone else, the, there's just a way. And let's be honest, when you when you do a sport at this level, when we fail, it's not like oh I fell in my garage by myself and no one sees it. I fell in front of like millions of people that are watching and that on top of it are going to comment about it make a, their own reality about it and never let it go so <laughs> <laughs> pressure's so, high yeah so there's a there's a lot to it um but yeah i don't know when i won to be honest like i just knew in my heart that i was the best and you know i spent the the five years before that killing myself um do everything right uh while being a full-time student and um i just knew that no one else was tougher than me on the field so when i won it was just felt like it was my due like i don't i don't know what to yeah, say you worked for it and you yeah. felt like you i think it's hard for people to understand that when they haven't been through the journey right for people they they Thing that if something like that happened to them it would be like almost a, a draw of the luck just like oh I woke up things worked and for me it's like well if you really followed me through the five year leading up to this it would also be no surprise for you makes sense yeah yeah that completely makes sense but was it in that way was it just what did you feel I mean was it just satisfying to know that the work you had done paid off or mm. were you I mean, were you excited were you happy I mean what were your feelings associated with that knowing that you'd put in five years of work you got your due yeah but how did you feel around that <laughs> I mean through while it was happening there's <coughs> a lot of like it, as it was happening through the CrossFit game I like knew I could right it's like you you start the competition and because we never know what they throw at us you just you know you're just you could just go with the flow it's like you you pay your twenty dollar and the crossfit game decide like whatever they throw at you whatever the standard is like you might get good judging or bad judging so when you put your money to participate part of it is you understanding that it's their game so you're not playing your own game so as much as you think oh i'm super fit and you know, if the program's well balanced, I should win. Well, that's not how how sport works, right? You're still always playing someone else's game in a way. So, um, so for me, it's like every year competing is going in without any expectation, just knowing what you're made of and try to be the best version of yourself. And that year, I just, you know, you you can just feel it in the air that you you're peaking at the right time everything is there and it's just really keeping your head on your um on your body just staying here and present and w- the hardest thing i've had to done through that weekend 
was allowing myself to win. And once I did that, then it felt normal. And I really had to, that happened, I think, um, on the second night at the game, I was like, I, I think I can do this. Like, this is going to happen. Like, I just told myself, this is going to happen. Um, and the only way it's not going to happen is, is if you don't let yourself do it. Um, so why, why wouldn't you let yourself win? Because it's scary. It, like, I think a lot of professional athletes go through this and a lot of people in their career and a lot of people, when you work really hard for something, you start to wonder, like, if you deserve to be there, if, like... You're, you're allowed to, are you allowed to be great? Are you just, am I just supposed to be that little girl that grew up in a farm where like kind of everyone stay there and live there? What's gonna happen? Like if I do achieve this goal that I spent five years trying to achieve, like what's next? Like there's so many scary thing from an unknown that like success itself, it's scary as it's unknown so, um, yeah, 2014, the, the biggest thing for me was sitting down with my husband and being, you know what? No one's going to give me permission. I'm going to allow myself to be great. Let's do it. Oh, that's awesome. And did it change after that? Do you feel like once you got that success that things changed? Um, I mean, a lot of things changed. <laughs> a lot of people want a piece of the pie all of a sudden of your success. And I... You know, I, I stayed the same person because just because I was full-time in school with uh, CrossFit, which I think was great for me, when literally I won the CrossFit game and the next day I was taking a red eye to go take one of my finals in chemical engineering, that my teacher wouldn't push back uh, for me <laughs> because they thought CrossFit was a hobby. Um, so keeps you humble <laughs> right exactly so <laughs> for me I was right back down to earth like you know so quick that nothing had time to like come up to my head because I would just have to go back in school no one no one like cared at all <laughs> at my school like they, they they were annoyed like I remember like my my co like a uh, student like I don't know you call them but other student would be annoyed by me because I would always come from the gym and like they would see me as someone that doesn't take herself like um, seriously as a professional in the field because I would never dress and I would always be in like gym clothes but what they don't understand is that I would wake up at 5 a.m train from like 6 to like 7.45 and try to make it for my 8 a.m. class. And that was just, you know, the way I was living my life. Um, so I don't think I've changed. I think I've changed a little bit after that once everyone, you know, you start to realize that a lot of people just want, they just want something out of you and um, you lose a lot of, of genuine interaction where there's a lot of people trying to take advantage of you and and now that I'm older this saddened me so much because I have I'm working on it right now but that brought me to really create a shell around myself and I'm a lot more um, protective of not only myself but also my husband and the other girls now that are like younger going through the same thing now in CrossFit so that saddened me that I had to build up a little shell around me um, because of the amount of people that like, 
you know, backstab me and my husband and just try to take advantage of us for their own benefit. So that's the one thing that changed. <laughs> and now hopefully it's coming back to normal, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. I mean, I, I mean, I've definitely even seen it with representing Kara, you know, when you have, like you were saying earlier, the fame or just notoriety in any mm-hmm. sport you have people coming out of the world works and what's genuine and what's not, mm-hmm. you know, I, it sucks. I have empathy for you on that. It's we've a, seen it. I think what's, what's hard is that I don't think most people understand what we go through as athlete and for whatever reason, they think that when we are successful, it's only because of genetic or luck or this or that. And let me tell you, there might be a little tiny bit of genetic, maybe tiny bit of luck but <laughs> the amount of work and sacrifice is so enormous in the number of heartbreak of failure it's just like it's a pile that I don't think compares to like a lot of people mm-hmm. and I think it's hard for them to wrap their head around that so they would much rather like you know find an- another e- excuse or way to describe why we are successful and they're not and those description will go with something like, of course she's there, you know, she's on drug, or of course she's there, um, she's lucky, of course she's there, she's this, and it's like, no, just hold my hand and come with me just for one week. <laughs> and I think because the thing that this is how we get got successful, because for them, that's the only way they can wrap their head around how they could be successful like that, they also think, that for whatever reason they're entitled to a piece of our pie. Yeah. No, I I mean, it's tragic, but it is a day it in is. and day yeah. out work that makes you successful yeah. for sure. And on the flip side, I've had like opportunity that like will, you know, I will be forever grateful and most of the opportunity or connection that I've made uh, meeting new amazing amazing wonderful people um and that's like the flip side of that metal is like some people are like gonna try to to drain you to get a little bit of what you have and other people are a fountain that will like really inspire you to even push harder and become better and and for all same if it's just one of those person it's worth it um to have like a million people trying to drain you just to meet that one person so that's the flip side of it that I'm really, really grateful for. It's a good perspective. Still, you still think it's worth it? I still think it's worth it. I think we're we're made to make connection, to grow, to inspire, to get better. Um, same like, you know, if it's a lot of people that do bad things to you, or I hope they don't do it in a malicious way. I think it's just maybe a lack of perspective. Um, those people are still teaching still teach me a lesson you know so at the end of the day i really believe that at the end of the day everything is always good um i think for me what made me sad about that is i think it took me a little too long to realize that but at least i realize it now i learned my lesson i have a lot of compassion for their those people still and i hope they discover they're they're happy um the way i know what my happy is now what drove you for those five years? <laughs> so And beyond, but what drives yeah. you? I mean, I think it changed, right? It changed as you grow and evolve. 
And uh, if I go back to my first year, what drove me was I got bullied really hard in school um, to the point that I wanted to end it for myself. Like, uh, this is like how bad it was, mean girls being mm -hmm. jealous of things I didn't knew I had. <laughs> which was obviously my drive and like all of that stuff. I've always been very driven and I've always made people uncomfortable around me with my work ethic and my discipline. Um, so th those girl like made me question my work so much that I really thought at a point that, well, if I disappear, no one would, no one would care. No one who like, no one would even see if I'm not there um, mm. tomorrow. And because I'm so competitive, I remember thinking, like that was when I was like 14, 15, right? Um, and I remember thinking, I'm, I'm not gonna let them win. And so very young, I think, I like hung on to other things to have a worth. And it wasn't like how popular you are if you're approved or not approved. And for me, it had become at 14, 15, um, are you kind and do you work hard? And those became the two things that I've attached my worth to. Because I thought, anyway, it being pretty or not is just a genetic lottery. So you and fleeting. It is, right? You're just in a, in a meat bag. Um, so what is, so I've attached my worth really young to that. And I realized that working hard was something I have control over it. And also being kind, I had control over that. So I started to focus on the thing I could control because if you focus on the thing you cannot control, they end up controlling you, which was what was happening with the bully before. They were controlling me because mm. I couldn't control them, right? Um, so I got super into sport. Um, that was my escape. And so when I started uh, to do CrossFit, I just realized that there could be a way out of the small town I was in. Also the same reason why I studied in chemical engineering. I just thought that if I did something hard and I work really, really hard, I could get the hell out of there. So that was my why. And it was very, very, very potent because my I was willing to die for it, right? Like literally, I was willing to die to get the hell out of there. Um, and I love my family. They have nothing to do with that, but that was the environment, the poisonous environment I was around. So I, I started CrossFit. My, one of my friends almost qualified for the game. I didn't try because the people at my gym told me that I wasn't good enough, which was a lie. Again, like jealousy and all that stuff. Um, so then I was like, I just like put my head down and I was like, you know what, I'm going. I'm just gonna do whatever it takes. I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna believe in myself. I, if I work hard and I'm kind, this is gonna happen. It did happen and once I put my first foot at the CrossFit game, it was like, now I had, I could see like the next step of my life, right? Like no longer in that little farm. Now I could see that I could be more and that became like this insane gas on my fuel that I was like, this is, I can get out. Like I really can and I really believe that I can, I don't know, I just felt such a freedom to have like just hope. Like hope is so dangerous and like I had hope 
to be so much more than like I think what I was uh, told that I was meant to be in in school like um yeah so plus it plus was hope to be you hope to be who you already were exactly and not be and not be judged and uh, and just be around other women that were exactly like me too that were willing to just break stereotype break what a girl is supposed to do especially back in 2010 like it's not like now now like it's so accepted to be a strong woman but back then same with my dad it was like i i and i know he meant well like he just wanted me to be like what he taught a woman was supposed to be but same with my dad growing up it would be cam you know like you have to keep your husband happy and everything is about the husband and it's the family and and I was one of those first girl that were like, no, I'm going to be a strong, independent woman. And my husband's going to be my best friend. And my husband's going to support me the same way I support him. And this is exactly who my husband is right now. Um, yeah. So that was also different than now. Like I had so much pushback, like when back in 2010 that I was strong. There has to be so much credit, though, to you and those women, because I even now you go anywhere. Yeah. And strong is the new skinny. And I really give it up to this CrossFit yeah. movement. I mean, it's I mean, I even to myself, I'm like, I want to go to the gym more. You know, I mm-hmm. want to be strong. So, I mean, not only is your story inspiring, but I mean, you broke a mold for a lot of women. And yeah, um, gosh, like such testament to you in that yeah. story. And that's like where the why change, right? Uh, Yes. So the why at first was to get out of there. Then, so I never wanted social media because I, I, I know this is going to sound... Now you only have a few followers. <laughs> it's going to sound amazing, but mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a pretty reserved person on my um, more intimate life. I'm very honest and open, which is why I'm so open to talk about my, my struggle. I, I do not care. I think there's such strength in saying your struggle and you're gonna help a lot more yes hopefully and i think um struggle lose their hold on you when you talk about them because then you can finally see them for what they are and you're like oh yeah that's silly everyone goes through this or no one do but it makes you human so i really have no secret but then my why definitely changed um because then i had a lot of girl reaching out to me and we're like oh my god like this is i can't i can finally look up to a strong woman and there was really not many that i could look up to before you and parents would reach out to me and be i'm so happy that my daughter has this to look up to and um which became a reason why i got social media because i was like okay this is because i don't want social media to be about me but i want it to be about a message and how can i help people so I was like, okay, I can have social media and use it for that. And uh, then I wanted, so it would have been so easy for me to stop going to school and just become a professional athlete. And I just thought that I wasn't allowed to stop my school if I wanted to tell my daughter if I have one, you know, if I end up having a daughter and or boys or whatever. I. I wouldn't be allowed to tell my kids to stay in school if I don't do it or to tell people that education is important if as soon as I had a little bit of success I quit so that's the only reason why I finished my chemical engineering degree while being a professional athlete was that so good reason yeah so (laughs) 
so I can say yes you you can do both and you should that's awesome very inspiring so you win and then you have subsequent success I don't know what it would be like for then to have people question me and say okay well she must be cheating there's no way that she could be doing this without help how do you how did you react to that how did you deal with that first of all were you shocked did that surprise you and then how did you feel no that did not surprise me at all just for understanding human behavior (laughs) so i think if you have any uh any sort of critical thinking or, or awareness on how people like to act um People tend to like uh, find excuse for anything and everything, uh, love to blame a lot and uh, mm. love to try to think that there's other way that is not like, you know, doing the long, hard way. They like to think that everything has to be the short, easy way. And I went the long, hard way. Um, but with that being said, the first time it was like not not only ask um, to me in an interview, but it was almost like an attack. Um, so I had to learn real fast how to answer it without like being emotionally attached to it because I have such passion and such integrity that, you know, one of the things that I pride myself with the most is my integrity. So now someone question you when you did all this work and they try to make you say something weird because you weren't prepared for that question. So so me and my husband, we sat down because after winning the game, everyone wants to interview you. So we sat down and we started to prepare answer um, just to reflect me in the best light and reflect my message without like me saying something weird and then because, you know, people, they, they try to attack you, make you um, emotionally unstable. So you say something and then they'll hang on to this one thing, you know, for the rest of your life, which, it, gosh, it can be so brutal. And you spend all your life be- building your reputation and integrity. And, it's, you know, you need to say one thing that it's a little off and th- they'll destroy you. So the way I... Um, I answer that question a little bit what I was telling earlier. Um, I would say, you know, um, I, those are my value, but I understand that if you don't have those exact same value, the only way for you to understand the hard work is to take an alternate, alternative road, and that's too bad for you. And that was my answer. Is there suspicion around CrossFit in general or what is a culture like in in a a fair way or is it a fair playing field? No, I don't. I I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't. It used to be. I think things change. It's uh, I think it would be very naive for me to think that everyone has the same type of integrity. And I, you know like any other sport like literally i mean let's be honest a lot of people already have been got caught in crossfit so it would be so naive to think that like they were the only one especially as the sport is growing with more view and more money and more fame like people will people are willing to do anything for like i mean a little tiny bit of fame and you can see um i mean you can see that with like uh people that like sign up in like a a running league like with you know their their 50 years old buddy and they're all supposed to just want to be healthy and all of a sudden it's like 
become a competition <laughs> like one of them is like taking stuff so oh I yeah know. master's doping is legit. right right so i don't know why that <laughs> wouldn't apply to what i do you know like how the other people are uh, i don't think everyone has the same value as me and you know what that's okay that's why we're all different that's why our world is the way it is um and you know for me i just have the belief that at the end of the day every night you you know you go to sleep with your own self um and you have and to look at yourself in the mirror every morning yeah. and i i i want to be able to do that and other people you know what are able to do that with the other stuff and good for you i guess <laughs> but again like this stuff is out of my control and i want to be the best me so what just whatever like my perspective on that changed so much over the year i used to like hate on them like hate on them like i i wanted to like when i won the game it was the first year that like someone was like hey i know for a fact that this this and this person are on stuff and when i won i wanted to like point at them and be like like i still got you and i was just so angry about it but i think it was just so I also learned through the year that fairness is one of my biggest values. So I didn't understand back then why it fired me up so much. Now I know. And, you know, with other perspective, I get to tell my kids when I have them that mommy did things the right way. And that for me, it's more important than I, I, like, sadly, <laughs> making maybe I could be making millions right now <laughs> if I went that route, but I'm just it's not, not willing to. Yeah. It's not worth it. But other people are willing to. So when you talk about sacrifice, I think to be the best, you know, I think a lot about stuff. So, you know, maybe they were willing to make that sacrifice that I wasn't. But they also have the consequence of living with it. So there's so many different, I think, thing that goes into this that is more than just, oh, you're a cheater and you're not. And a lot of nuance of like, they have to live with that. I don't have to live with that. Like, I wouldn't be willing to live with that. So does that make me not as willing to want to win? there's just different for me winning was not as important as my integrity or, or how like, do you know if you really win if you're on something but that was always why i didn't want to do that exactly because my goal was to find my full potential of me like just the pure me yes not aided you no or be able to look at your competitor yes. Yes. in the face and know fair and square this is how the yeah. event but i don't know out. how they feel about it maybe they think that maybe in their head everyone's on it and they they're just the smarter one because they you know i don't know i would sadly no one <laughs> would want to talk about that side of the story right because i would love i think that when you talk to people and you get to know them you never you never see them in like the darkest light anymore because i would like to know why so and so decided to jump on the dark side like like why like what happened in your life why do you think or who you do know? you surround yourself with i think that's a big yes i think a lot of people get a lot of 
athlete get influenced and some of the athletes that did get caught for drugs the 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 main thing that was common to all of them was a woman with a a lack of confidence like doubting themselves a lot and the boyfriend or coach jumping in and using that so who knows like if they had someone instead to build their mindset game their positive reinforcement like that would have been different like if i have athletes i would never offer anything to them like that is but i'll do a lot of mindset work with them and like because i i think that people that start doing that is that they lost their own belief in themselves and if you believe in yourself then like i think it's a lot easier to not go that route that's a great point from your perspective from a testing standpoint and from a doping control standpoint how is crossfit (laughs) doing how would you grade that so to speak and then what what could they do better you know i think they are doing the best they can with what they have like i really believe that they they really want to be a clean sport they don't have the money to Mm. be able to do that like and i mean um it's a much smaller organization they i really believe they're doing their best they just don't have the resource to really make it super legit and i mean same if you look at the most legit like um drug testing organization same those organization falls behind so right (laughs) yeah that's my answer to that i i think a lot of it comes down to to the people themselves so testing isn't the answer because you can't have enough money to be ahead of those that would cheat there's a lot of money to be made on both sides of that equation so then what do you do how do you create a culture where people think more like you is 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 there anything you can do to establish this code so to speak within the people that participate that that's Mm -hmm. just not something that is okay and i think about it a little bit like golf i don't play golf yeah but there's a very rigorous code around the rules and my assumption is (laughs) that it's fairly it's honor system a lot where you give yourself a shot if you Mm. break a rule and so forth it's very much embedded in the culture how would you try to build that within crossfit um that's a really hard question but i think i think it really starts with the coach and the entourage a lot more mm. than the athlete themselves because i think if the athletes are willing to work this hard to start with <laughs> like i i really think that crossfit you know i'm sure that same the people who take stuff you still have to push and work really really hard <laughs> like that is not right that is not something that you stop doing um like everyone work really really hard which is why i respect <laughs> everyone in the sport like no matter what because you're willing still to put the work in maybe it doesn't hurt as much and the result come faster and you get to recover faster but you're still putting the work in but I really think that that stuff comes down to the coach and the the people around, the, like the doctor, because those are the people that are gonna give it to them. Those are the people that are gonna 
tell the athlete that that yeah everyone else doing it oh no this is like in a gray area or it's not like the athlete itself i think is just so focused on training and moving forward that i i mean i've never really thought about it or never like well maybe it's different because it's not in your dna well that's yeah (laughs) that's what i was gonna say (laughs) um but i don't know how much like we need to have someone who got caught to come here and be able to give us their their version of like did they did they reach out to people or like because i know i know i stayed away from specific coaches because i know that that was part of the reputation and i didn't want it to be around that so yeah, yeah. i i think it started there that's a good it's a good point and what's interesting about anti-doping efforts generally they are focused on the athletes and the coaches tend to yep. f- to find new athletes to then victimize yes later which happens across all sports and that's something i think anti-doping organizations can do a better job with is mm-hmm. if an athlete gets punished potentially punish the coach as well or their agent I, or I think they should of course yes a hundred percent collective they, effort i think they should a hundred percent it's so unfair for an athlete especially i think like there's a lot of young athletes that like get with the wrong coaches and they tell them that you know oh if you want to win like camille that's what you have to do and it's like uh, come talk to camille she'll <laughs> she'll tell you what you have to do it's rough and it's <laughs> it's hard and it's lonely but it's so worth it um but i think a lot of coaches with more influenceable athletes they'll just they'll just do that and i think the saddest part of all of it is that the athlete will get caught and the coach will like completely deny cut the cord mm, right. and keep coaching keep coaching new like you said new victim and move on yep. and and now the athlete, so like think about it, the athlete is with this coach. This coach is the only person that they know their secret. So they'll never go anywhere because that coach holds a lot of power on them. And as soon as like things fall apart, the court is cut, athlete lonely, go deal with all of this depression, everything. And the coach wash his hand and go find new people and then get to walk around being like, oh, I'm the best coach, all my athletes, you know, go to the Olympic or whatever. It's, that is a it's sickening rough. fact. It's rough. It, it's a story that happens in a lot of sports. Agents, too, yes. that tend to have those affiliations. We're running out of time. We wanted to wrap with what's next for you. You just retired from the sport of CrossFit. You have an electrical, <laughs> uh, sorry, a chemical engineering degree. What's next for you? Okay, so... Um, you know, through my whole CrossFit career, I've, and same my chemical engineering, I've just always wanted to help, which is where I saw a huge window to help like women be empowered through CrossFit. And I was like, wow, I've always wanted to help. So this is great. And I study, um, I got specialized in recycling process and engineering because I wanted to help the planet. So I just want to help. And part of why I'm retiring is not that I wouldn't be able to make it to the games again. Like I just got a silver <laughs> medal on yes. the team. So, and I trained for eight weeks this year. Um, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, I trained for eight weeks really hard this year. I still train, but I still have 10 years of insane like training under my belt, Good right? Yeah. So right. I, yeah, it's not like, oh, it's easy for me. It's like, I just know how to suffer and make it happen. Um, so when I, uh, I got a shoulder surgery in 2017 and I was forced to be in a globo gym. And what happened when I was there is I was like, there's 300 person here that don't know how to train, don't know what to do, and they want a better life. And I cried. So after my shoulder surgery, I decided I was gonna build a program for them, which has become Feroz, which is my business now. And it's a low barrier of entry, functional fitness with bodybuilding finisher to strengthen up your joint and keep you healthy and happy so you can be fit and look good. And I just want to help the general population be healthier, happier, love themselves a little bit more because I really believe that healthier, happier people are better for the world. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, a, I'm awesome. trying to make this grow. So please, uh, so, well, <laughs> yeah, well, take so it tell us, how, do you, how, do, <laughs> how can we help? Yeah, I mean, how do people access that if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, so it's called Feroz Fitness. Our Instagram is Feroz underscore fitness underscore. Um, get, send me a DM on that. I'm the one who answer everything. Um, people are shocked all the time. And I'm like, hey, I want to make sure you get the right information and you're taken care of the right way. So if you send me something on that, I'll answer and um, ferocefitness.com is the website uh feel free to use feroz 20 for 20 percent off that's my <laughs> i have like little card i give to everyone that i meet i just want people to be healthier and i have so much experience and i'm a nerd so i'm always researching on <laughs> the best way to give the best results and, and is it in person virtual both how do you access it oh yeah so it's um it's an online community because I like the idea of a community via CrossFit. It keeps people accountable. So we have a, fa a private Facebook group and like literally every day people are posting the workout they're doing. They're asking each other I'd win. If someone hasn't posted for a while, I'll like call them out or I'll write to them because I think that's one of the biggest thing is accountability that is um, hard for people and every movement that we do there's an explanation if you need it so the goal is to be a virtual coach with real information so when you go to a club fitness gym you don't need a personal coach that is really not going to do anything anyway mm -hmm. right um so you get to pay one dollar a day for a coach online that explains to you everything that you need to know answer all your questions give you all the workout with the video so you know exactly how you should do everything and if you need something you just ask i mean yeah <laughs> <Signing> <laughs> awesome a lot of well, work but camille thanks so much for joining us your story is inspiring and your perspective on clean sport is also inspiring so thank you yes you're amazing thank, thank you. you so there you go camille leblanc bazinet everyone thanks to her for joining us Thanks to you guys for listening as always and continuing to follow along on our journey as we're now 18 episodes in. Again, if you haven't listened to any other episodes, I would encourage you to go back, listen to some of our earlier episodes as I think they all bring interesting perspective to this topic of clean sport. And if you haven't already, of course, go to our website, cleansport.org, sign the pledge, 
and become a part of the movement in that way. And then follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Clean Sport Co. That's at Clean Sport Co. On those two social outlets so that you can join the conversation. Otherwise, keep listening and we'll be back with another one next week.